like Denver's a beer city and Utah has, well, Utah alcohol laws. I'm going to segue myself into the Buccaneers. If there's three things that are guaranteed in this life, it's death taxes and the Vikings will beat the Saints in the playoffs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. First episode of 2021. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Wright. Justin, say hi to the people. Hi, people. (laughs) And uh, Justin and I are joined by a good friend of ours. We've had him on the show before. Our buddy, Kyle Mitchell, is calling in this podcast. Kyle, how's it going? Hey, good, guys. It's uh glad to be back on it again yeah if you guys remember we had kyle on for the fantasy football episode before the season started and we figured it was only fitting to have him on as the season at least the regular season comes to an end yeah he's calling in from remote landusky montana he is he is uh justin i know you've had a question you've been dying to ask kyle so i'll just let you do it uh we'll talk about that later in the podcast oh saving it Okay, little tease, little tease. I have a pretty good feeling what it's uh, related to, but I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> oh, I don't know, Kyle. I don't know. I don't. We'll see. We'll see. Man, what could a Buccaneers fan possibly have to say to a Patriots fan right now? I don't. How know. about them I Packers? Can... <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, um, well, I know you wanted to talk about it. I and I, I think it's a good thing to talk about first. But let's talk about that that uh, national championship game for college football probably not a national championship that many people thought they would see uh kyle i know it surprised you too we were kind of texting during clemson's game last friday night yeah no it it definitely did i uh you know listening to uh, other sports analysts like the week before it once we found out what teams were going to be in the playoffs that i think a lot of people were just saying you know clemson was going to beat them pretty easily but then i heard a few people you know saying and i kind of thought the same way that it was going to be a lot closer than people thought but I think thought you know Clemson would still probably pull it out but yeah I did not see that result coming of Ohio State just whooping them I mean it was <laughs> kind of surprising I mean I know you were surprised too there Jared. I have to eat some of my own words here that I've said on the show before my complaints about the playoff this year I didn't think Ohio State deserved to be there only playing six games in a season. Now this upset does not change the fact that they still only played six games, but I think you do have one of the best four teams in the country that made the playoffs with Ohio state. And I think they deserve to be here. And so I will eat crow uh, with that one. They handed it to Clemson. I mean, an 18 point win or something like that, not what you'd expect to see over a program like Clemson. And now they're going to go up against another powerhouse in Alabama I don't know if they have enough in the tank to do it twice but it's I think it's going to be a really good game yeah it should be very interesting I do uh wonder how they're going to hold up against the Crimson Tide basically only playing half the games that Alabama did uh I don't know if that's going to serve them better or worse I guess uh Alabama certainly doesn't seem worse for the wear of a full season man they did kind of what I expected they would do and just kind of put the boots to Notre Dame and it wasn't even close, really. It was kind of like watching a JV team play a varsity team. If you watched that game, it was it was rough, and there wasn't a whole lot that Notre Dame's defense could do to that Alabama offense. And I, that's where, if I'm Ohio State, that's where I'd be worried is when Alabama has the ball. 
So I guess who, who do we like in the national championship? Kyle, we'll let you uh, give a prediction first. Oh boy. Well, I mean, I think you would probably agree that I would love to see Ohio State win basically the same idea of anyone but Bama. I know you guys probably in the NFL last few years, probably anybody but the Patriots. So oh, I would no, agree no, kind of like no. that. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of have that same idea with Alabama. Um, I mean, I'm hoping Ohio State wins, but if I had to put money on it, I would – I got to go with Alabama. Still in a decently close game, maybe – 10-point favorites or so if I had to guess, but I'd still have to go with Alabama. I think Kyle put it really well. I'd love to see Ohio State come in and have the the Buckeyes buck the trend, so to speak. <laughs> um, but I think Bama's a safe bet. To me, it's – now, I'm not a big fan of Ohio State either after what they did to my Ducks in the 2014 National Championship. But Not I, that you hold a grudge. No, never. But I just – I'd love to see him win this one. I don't, I, you won't catch me dead rooting for Alabama, but I look at the coaches in this game, Ryan day versus Nick Saban. And I like Ryan day as a coach. I think he's a really good coach, but he's not Nick Saban level. Uh, I think back to what Alabama did against Georgia a couple of years ago in the national championship when Nick Saban put in Tua at halftime, who was a freshman at the time. And everyone was like, you know, what are you doing? And then he, Tua comes out in the second half, balls out, wins them the game in overtime in a game that Georgia was threatening to run away with. So that's the kind of stuff that Nick Saban brings to the table. And I just don't see Ryan Day and his staff out coaching Nick Saban, I guess. But that's me. I am going to pick Bama by seven. Oh, I was supposed to give a number. Oh man. Yeah, we're we're like the Vegas insider here. You've got to you got to give your odds, the over under. I want all of it. I, I'm picking Bama by nine, a really obscure number. There you go. So we got <laughs> we got Kyle with Bama by ten, Justin with Bama by nine, and me with Bama by seven. You know what that means? Ohio State's going to win it by twenty. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, it's going to be a good game. I'm excited to see a really good college football game. Last one of the season. Uh, for mm-hmm. FBS football anyway, you know, FCS is going to start up here before too long, actually, and play in the spring. But I'm, I am honestly super excited for that. That's, uh, I'm going to love having that spring football back after I, I was liking the XFL last year, as I've said before. Uh, I liked the AAF before that. I like having that spring football to watch. Yeah, well, and our alma mater, all three of us, Montana State, we're going to be playing in the spring. So it's going to be kind of a different look as far as that goes, but it's uh, going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I, I'm not even mad at it. I, it's <laughs> If I get to – well, I probably won't get to go into the, to any of the games, but when you get into those winter months, some of them games can get pretty chilly. Yeah. Out there. Up here in Montana for sure. But now that we're kind of done with the college football talk, shall we Shall we slide into the NFL? We'll get into the meat of what this episode is going to be about. Yep. Where you're gonna- Good. Because I'm coming in heated. All I right. am unhappy. All right. You, you take it away then. I have been stewing on this since I heard about it. That the Browns are having a COVID outbreak and the NFL is basically so incompetent. They have nothing that... They have no plan. It's, this is like the biggest moment for the Browns in a decade or more. And they, they're they going to be without their head coach. 
without their O-line coach, their tight ends coach, their wide receiver coach, basically they're half their coaching staff. And the NFL is just like, sorry, can't do nothing about it, man. Like it's, it's so ridiculous. They, they flexed the stinking Ravens around 3000 times screwing the Steelers schedule all up, but then the Browns have an outbreak and they're not going to do anything. The Browns played without basically all their wide receivers here a couple weeks against weeks ago against the jets. We know how that ended. We saw the Broncos play without a quarterback before that. And it's, I'm getting a little out of order here. I apologize. I am, I'm very frustrated with the NFL. But we see them flex around the Ravens and make caveats for them. But these other teams have just as big or bigger issues, and the NFL stays silent and does nothing. And as a football fan, I am very upset and very angry. But as a football fan, that's incredibly frustrating because what happens if then – the Seahawks have an outbreak. If, if, if the Titans have an outbreak, like the NFL is setting a precedent here that, okay, I guess we're going into the playoffs and we're not going to let these teams play at full strength. They had months and months and months to think about this, to make a plan for this eventuality. And you cannot tell me that no one in that boardroom said, what happens if there's a COVID outbreak during the playoffs? So the fact that there is no plan in place is indicative of poor planning and poor leadership on the NFL's part. That is my rant, and I will step off my soapbox. I get exactly what you're saying, and it puts Cleveland in a really, really bad spot. And I read a thing that a few days ago that the NFL did come out and say, basically, if you have COVID problems during the postseason, tough. And I could almost take that if it wasn't so hypocritical, like you pointed out, that they did bend over backwards to accommodate for the Ravens, but completely left the Broncos out to dry and completely are doing the same thing with Cleveland. So I don't know. It's It sucks really, really badly for Browns fans because you talk about a moment that should be really awesome for them getting to the playoffs for the first time in 18 years it could end very shortly because of this. Yeah. I mean, just you talk about the Ravens, just how far they went to, you know, accommodate to them, how many different things they changed, not only just changing the Steelers schedule up to who they're playing, but they had to change. I think they're changing Dolphins games and other games throughout the year just to try to, you know, make it so it would work. But, uh, and I might be wrong with that fact a little bit, actually, I think about it, but anyway, they, I mean, did way too much work for them that they can't, you know, help the Browns out. I mean, shoot, the Browns finally get the playoffs the first time in, what, 18 years, and they, you know, the bad luck of the Browns seems to be following them into the playoffs, even though they're here for the first time in almost 20 years. I was thinking that, too. This is this is the most Browns thing to ever happen to the Browns, you know? And, and it's sad. <laughs> it is a thing. I mean, I, I understand the, the, the Browns curse, and I do think – in certain areas that is, you know, a, tr- a very true thing that the Browns have a lot of bad things that happen to them that are outside of there's there. It's just the universe laughing at them. This is not the universe laughing at them. There is, there is a power that be that can absolutely change this in this worldly plane that we live on and they are refusing to do so. And the thing that doubles down for me on this is 
there has been several other sports that have managed playoffs in these COVID times. There is source material to draw from. The NFL cannot say that they were trying to create something new. They could have easily copied a successful playoff plan. It's uh, it's like I said, I really can't, I guess I can't say anything more than we've already said about it. We've talked about this with the Broncos Saints had to deal with a similar situation a few weeks ago. That's the other one I forgot to mention. Yeah. Saints had to play this past week without any of their running backs. Yeah. So uh, it's just, I, I don't know what life debt the NFL thinks it owes to the Ravens, but I, I just don't get it. Uh, well, and and how much money do you want to bet that if this had been the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes was unable to play because of COVID, they would, again, be bending over backwards. I'm not saying that the league has its golden boys and its favorites that it will that it will bow down to and bend over backwards for, but it's also not, not what I'm saying. I don't know. Some controversy surrounding that and then – before we talk about the actual playoff bracket, the other thing I want to talk about is a little bit of controversy surrounding the Eagles right now. And I'm just going to flat out ask you guys, did Doug Peterson throw the game on purpose on Sunday night? Anyone can take it. I think so. I I, I think I, I don't know exactly why I've seen a lot of people speculating it was moving. It was to move up in the draft, but yeah, I, after after watching it and like looking at it more, there's, there's no way he didn't that that was such a close game. You had a quarterback with a hot hand that had been playing well these past couple of games. There's, there's no reason to bench him. I talked to you off the podcast a little while ago, Jared, and we talked about this subject. And the only thing I could really come up with for it not to be like intentional benching is that he was trying to save his starters from injury. But then, then in his post game press conference, I believe you said, he said he coached to win. Go ahead, Jared. Sorry. I was just going to say, I tend to agree with you that it was intentional. I don't buy into the conspiracy theory that he did it to screw the Giants over. Now, maybe no, if it I, had think, been, I think that's a silly conspiracy theory. Maybe if it had been Dallas in that position, it'd be at least a lot more fun of an idea to entertain. But I think he did it for draft position. Uh, Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I do kind of like that idea. It's just funny to think about if he did just to kind of screw over the Giants. It is. It's kind of funny if that is true. I don't think it is exactly, but I mean, yeah, I don't, I think it was intentional the, for the draft. I mean, Jalen Hurts, I mean, yeah, he wasn't out there throwing, you know, just tons and tons of yards, but I think he believe it. I think he ran it in twice on rushing touchdowns and you could see the past few weeks, how well he was doing. I mean, there was no reason why you needed to put uh, I believe it was Sudfeld. It was there third string or backup quarterback that game that they put in like i don't know yeah, they, did, like, they didn't even why. put in carson wentz they put in the third string yeah that's right exactly yeah i don't know like like i heard someone say they they were treated like it was like the fourth preseason game or something you know put in your backups and just to see what they could do but yeah i think it was definitely intentional but yeah to get the fifth i heard it was either if they would have won the game maybe they would have got like the ninth draft pick so six to nine i mean not a huge difference but i guess if the eagles are rebuilding they want as much help as they can get but still i don't see why any water school coach would have done that for any other reason yeah i i think this is a black mark on the eagles franchise because it's whether or not it's a heinous thing to do because ultimately no one's really 
all that hurt. I'm sorry, Giants, but I, I don't really think anyone from your divisions deserve to be in the playoffs. So I really don't think you should be that upset. But it it's still a cowardly kind of backhanded crappy thing to do. Still only the second most heinous example of tanking that we've seen this season. Yeah, yeah, that Jets-Raiders game earlier this year was pretty egregious, if that is what you're referring to. Oh, it is. <laughs> uh, I don't know. And at this point, uh, I, I agree with you, Justin, if you're, I, I'm not trying at all to defend the Giants because at the end of the day, the Giants were a six and 10 team and you should have not needed to rely on somebody else to get you into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I get, I, I'm not defending the Giants at all. I see why they're mad, but you know, you should have done a little more in the season to not put yourself in that position. And at this point, it doesn't matter. The Washington football team won the division. I think in that division this year, they were the best team, whether, you know, say what you will about them in terms of the rest of the playoff field. I think in that division, they were the right representative to come out. And that's where we sit now. So I think without further ado, we should just get into the bracket, talk about each one of these games and give our predictions kind of like we have for all the other sports that we uh, cover playoffs for. Uh, do you guys want to start in the AFC or the NFC? Um, as a guest, I think we should let Kyle decide. All right, Kyle, you tell us where we're starting. Ooh, I feel so honored. Uh, let's, uh, let's do the AFC. Why not? All right. Uh, let's just start with the first game of the whole slate then. Indianapolis at Buffalo. Ooh, I, thoughts? I will let Kyle start off so I'm not just talking again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I talked about... Just the Bills, I mean, I think before the season, everyone, even even me being a Patriots fan will admit, I mean, I kind of felt like the Bills were going to win that division. Um, I did not see them getting quite as hot and as good as they were. I mean, I didn't really – I thought they would you know, win the division. I didn't think they'd be the number two seed probably. But they've definitely proven um, just how good they are, especially, you know, when you beat the Dolphins last week by – put a 50 burger on them and could like beat them out of 30 or something, you know, and the Colts, I mean, Rivers, you lucky that seven spot were able to sneak into the playoffs. But I mean, I wouldn't, if I was the Bills, I know how hot they are and everything, but I'd still be pretty nervous about Phil Rivers, an experienced quarterback and still a pretty good team that the Colts are. Yeah. Um, this game, it's interesting. The fact that the NFL didn't go the bubble route though, and is allowing teams to, host playoff games and travel like, you know, like normal. Uh, I think that's going to be the difference maker here going to Buffalo this time of year. I have no idea what the weather's going to be like for that game, but I did see the thing where the New York, what state legislature or whatever passed a regulation that's going to allow about 7,000 bills fans to be in attendance for that game. Uh, Their first home playoff game in a long, long time since the nineties. And I just think with all that going on, the type of season the Bills have had, it's going to be a long day for the Colts. I I agree that Phillip Rivers is an experienced quarterback, but uh, this this Bills team is their animals. I mean, Kyle, you know this as playing them twice this year. Seattle played them once this year. Uh, they're not a team that I necessarily want to play again. And Josh Allen is balling out right now. I think that the Bills are going to jump on the Colts early in this one, and I think they're just going to run with it. I uh, I think the Bills are going to take this game. While you 
both have talked about Philip Rivers being an experienced quarterback. He's been to the postseason. He is fairly experienced in the postseason, especially in losing out. Granted, primarily he does at least make it to the second round. But that that Bills team, I think, has just a an incredible and crazy talented offense. You've got Cole Beasley, who's been having the resurgence of a lifetime at wide receiver. He didn't even play in his Dolphins game. And you could see the talent that is there besides him at wide receiver. I mean, they've got so many hands out there that are adept at catching a ball that their their receiving game is crazy. And then, you know, Josh Allen himself has had a crazy good year. He has really progressed as a quarterback. And something that really impressed me about him is maybe he's not the most mechanically gifted quarterback, but he is able to, I, I think, create plays because whether it's good or bad in the long run, he is willing to sacrifice himself or take a hit to to drive that field position. You know, he he I don't think is the fastest quarterback out there, but he is willing to put his legs to work to to get that ball downfield. Well, and the dude's got a cannon. Yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. He is a gunslinger through and through. And you're talking about his receiving talent, uh, Stefan Diggs. We know what he can do. Yeah. That's I I should have mentioned his name at least, but I, I do feel like he's someone that speaks for himself. Yeah. At this point. I don't know. Bills are just really good right now. They're playing on another level. I've said it before. I think really realistically speaking, they're the only team in the AFC that has a chance to compete with the Chiefs. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, I just think it, it, it was a good run, Indy, but I think it's coming to an end on Wild Card Weekend. So. The other thing I think is going to be a difference maker is I think the Bills just have a better defense. I'm not I'm not slouching on the Colts' defense, uh, Pat McAfee. I know you're a big believer, but I think the Colts bend far more than they should on defense. Yeah, and I think they're going to break this weekend. So. Yeah. Also, across the board, we're all going Buffalo, right? Yes, I believe so. Yes. Okay. Uh, Kyle, you sounded like that pained you just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is different to uh, see the Bills. I mean, they've made the wild card a few times the last few years, but see them winning the division, it's, it's, it's different, to say the least. It's been <laughs> fun football to watch. You can't deny it. No, they are good. I give them plenty of credit. I mean – Especially this year, I I do like the Bills. I mean, obviously, always be Patriots number one, but I do like the Bills as a team overall. Fair enough. All right, let's move down the list. Uh, talk about a team we were kind of just talking about, Cleveland at Pittsburgh, uh, for the second time is in, in many weeks. Actually, just got done playing Pittsburgh to get here, and they got to turn around and play them again. This time, they travel to Pittsburgh. I believe that's going to be Sunday night, uh, the six versus the three seed. Guys, even with all the COVID stuff going on, I kind of like Cleveland. I'm not going to lie to you. Baker Mayfield, I saw it against the game against the Steelers last week. He was not going to accept a loss in that game. Hmm. Uh, He led that team, and granted, they were playing the Mason Rudolph quarterback Steelers, but I I really do – I like this Cleveland team a lot. And I know they're going to be without their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, because of uh, COVID protocols for this weekend. I think this is Baker's moment. I think that he's going to go in there without his head coach, without some of the talents around him on the road, division rival in the playoffs. 
under the primetime lights, and I think he's going to get a win. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be close, but I, I'm taking Cleveland. I, I think this could, going off what you said, sorry, Kyle, I, I hope I didn't cut you off there, but I think this could be like Baker Mayfield's like cementing his moment in the, I, I almost said football hall of fame. I don't think quite that much, but like in people's memories, I think, you know, it doing what you said, coming in there and winning. And I think Baker Mayfield is a guy that if, if you watch gridiron Heights, I think they joke about it quite a bit, but like screw all the haters kind of guy. And I think he very much takes that we're underestimating the Browns that he hears a lot that everyone hears a lot on social media and takes that and kind of carries a chip on his shoulder. And I agree. He comes in there sometimes with a, we are not losing attitude. And I, I will say, even though Pittsburgh didn't play all their or quite a few of their starters, they did have quite a few of their, their main defensive pieces. And at least for part of that game and, and Pittsburgh played pretty well against them. Definitely hope I'm wrong in my prediction that I, so against you guys, I do think the Steelers are going to win this. Um, I do like the Browns a lot. I've enjoyed seeing them, how they've improved the past few years. And I've always had like a soft spot in my heart for them. But I think, especially with uh, now with the COVID issues going on with the Cleveland organization, I just almost part of me just thinks that the uh, Browns are going to lose this game just because they're the Browns. I think obviously the, to make the playoffs this year was a huge step for them. But I just feel like the football gods are going to wake back up and realize that, <laughs> oh, what did we do? The Browns, they're not supposed to be in the playoffs. And uh, I mean, I hope. I hope the Browns win. I hope they go all the way and win the Super Bowl. I would love to see that, but I think I just have to go with the Steelers in this game. You're picking with history. And that's I, – I do exactly. – I, I, I can easily back Kyle. I I think if we look at the Steelers objectively, I or if we look at these two teams objectively, I think the Browns ultimately have a better offense with that. You know, Baker's been playing fairly well this year. Um, Jarvis Landry's been playing well in Cleveland – and then they've got that incredible tandem, that one-two punch of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Or I really should say Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, because let's be honest, Nick Chubb deserves a lot of credit. He oh, deserves first billing. <laughs> um, and that that offense is awesome. The defense leaves a lot to be desired. Um, oh, and I, I almost forgot to mention that, that Cleveland uh, O-line is kind of stacked. They have a great O-line. And then if we look at the other side of the ball – at, at the Steelers, their defense is crazy. You have Minka Fitzpatrick. You have got TJ Watt. You just have this crazy defense that is going to come in and I think bring a lot of pain. But on their offensive side of the ball, Big Ben kind of started hot, um, but we've seen plenty of him playing kind of some questionable football. Um, their O-line is not nearly as good as it once was for the run game. Um, and James Conner is an incredibly talented running back, but there's only so much he can do on his own and you know receiving there's there's some talent there but uh i think you know i i like juju smith schuster to death i do think he's kind of kind of regressed that he's he's maybe not the wide receiver one target that that a lot of people thought he was going to be when he broke out here a few years ago i totally agree with you i i think what we're all kind of definitely ingredients on here is going to be a close game. I don't think anyone's going to blow anyone out here. I hope not. I hope not too. I, I, I think this is going to be a really good game. And what I was going to say 
earlier about this being Baker's moment. I don't know why, but I just have the feeling that something is going to happen in this game late in the game, everything on the line and Baker's going to, he's going to do something incredible. And I'm talking like one of those moments, you know, or at least Mm -hmm. it will be in Cleveland, like the stuff that an artist might paint a mural of on the side of a building. Like I just, I don't know why that I, I get this feeling about this game, but I just, there's something about it that, is kind of drawing me to say that. So I I am taking the Browns in this one. I realize that's kind of going out on a limb, fun little history fact. The last time the Browns went to the playoffs in 2002, they actually played in and lost to Pittsburgh in the wild card round that year. So I, I don't know. I think they're going to give a big middle finger to history this weekend. And I think the Browns are going to win a playoff game. I just said that out loud. Yes. You know what? I, I, hope, I, would, I hope you're right as well. God, I I really, I feel like I should pick the Steelers, but I want to pick the Browns. I want to follow my heart, not your brain, not my brain. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Browns partially, as a little bit of a emotional side of things. I don't want to pick Big Ben. I don't like Big Ben. Well, and we've talked about it before too. The Steelers were a pretender of a 11, 12 win team this year. Like they weren't. Like we talked about that even when they were undefeated, that they, they, they might've been the worst 11 and O team ever, like at that point. So they're not unbeatable. Obviously they've lost to Cincinnati. They lost to Washington. They, you know, they're not this big monster. So I don't know. I'm expecting a good game out of that one. And then the final game of the AFC this weekend Baltimore at Tennessee, a rematch of last year's AFC (laughs) divisional round game where the Titans came into Baltimore and pulled off the upset. And then Tennessee actually beat Baltimore on the road again this regular season. So these teams have seen a lot of each other lately. They don't necessarily like each other. And I really expect a chippy game here. But one of you can talk about it first. I'll go real quick. I'm picking Titans because Derrick Henry. That man is unstoppable. Yeah, uh, 2,000 yards, eighth player ever, I think, to rush for 2,000 yards in an NFL season, if that's right. I think I think he's the eighth ever. That that sounds right. I just – I've talked about where I think the Titans' weaknesses are before. I think their weaknesses in their passing game with Ryan Tannehill. Ultimately, I just think that that offense is so potent. Or actually, I think Derrick Henry is just that good, I should say. He rushed for 250 yards against the Texans last week. So and that's that's where I I do I wish I don't want to think about that because it makes me waver on my choice because that was a much closer game than it should have been. Um, although you could chalk that up to Deshaun Watson basically single handedly, but I'm I'm sticking with my Titans pick. Like I'm locking that in right now, primarily because of Derrick Henry. You know, I don't think the first when I was going through and predicting these games here just before the podcast, I really flip-flops on this one a lot i'm gonna end up going with i guess i don't know if it'd be considered an upset or not but i'm gonna pick the ravens i think lamar he's i think he's 0-2 in the playoffs to start his career i believe he finally you know gets over the hump gets the monkey off his back wins this game like you said i think it's gonna be a tough dogfight type of game you know a lot of i mean derrick henry you know and then we know how much the uh ravens like to run the ball I think it's going to be, yeah, just a tough game. I think it's going to be a close game, probably low scoring. 
I got to go with the Ravens. I think they finally get the revenge on them after last year's playoffs. And then, uh, like I said earlier in this year, regular season game too. All right, so we've got one pick for the Titans and one pick for Baltimore. I will be the tiebreaker, I guess. I think when push comes to shove, I have to give it to Baltimore in a close one too. I don't want to. I, I'd actually rather see Tennessee win. But I, I think I think first off, you can never underestimate the revenge factor here. Uh, we talked about how the Titans went in last year and stunned them in the playoffs and then this earlier this season went into Baltimore again, uh, squeaked one out in overtime in week 11. I think the Ravens are just flat out sick of losing to the Titans. Uh, now I get that it's going to take a little more than that to beat Tennessee. Derrick Henry is a monster. You know, we've said that how many times now? I think it, the, the formula for stopping Tennessee is not a secret. You do what Green Bay did a couple weeks ago on Sunday night. You try to stop Derrick Henry. I get that that is a lot easier said than done. But if you shut him down or even make him somewhat slow him down, I think you've got a really good chance of beating the Titans. Uh, Tannehill has an arm, not always the most accurate arm. The decision-making is not always the best. They do have talented receivers there in Tennessee, but Derrick Henry is the engine that makes that offense go. And if Baltimore can stop him or slow him down, like I said, I think they've got the formula to beat Tennessee and I think they find a way to do it. Third time's a charm here. Uh, it is in Tennessee this time. Titans will be hosting the game. I think it's going to be a really good game too. And like I said earlier, I think it's going to be really chippy. I think you're going to see maybe not a brawl breakout, but you're going to see some fighting. You're going to see some things being said, some pleasantries being exchanged, if you will. Uh, these two teams don't like each other. Like I said, just because they've seen a lot of each other recently I'll, I'll give it to Baltimore in a close one in a game that might even go to like overtime or something that that's kind of the vibe I get from this one I I I, I like the Ravens I will say it's, I'm kind of opposite of you I'm picking the Titans and kind of want the Ravens to win would prefer them to win I should say but if you look to in the past couple of years the Ravens are basically an unproven playoff team they they kind of choke and clam up when it comes to playoffs yep um, so I, I don't, I don't think I, I, I would like to be proven wrong, I guess, but right now, Brian Tannehill and the Titans are a proven playoff team. You know, they, they beat new England last year, right off the bat came in, you know, surprised the Ravens. And then they almost pulled it against Kansas city last year. It was close for mm-hmm. a while oh, at yeah. a point. And I think, you know, Mike Grable is is a good coach. And I think, I think he has been preparing for this moment all year. Yeah. I think the only difference is I don't think Tennessee's an underdog anymore. And they played that role so well last year, you know, the chip on their shoulder, not caring what anyone thinks road warriors, whatever you want to call them. They're not that this year and they're not going to be overlooked. I would hope not anyway. I don't think after, after those first, couple of well i don't know we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see, we'll see. We'll so see. we got two two raven <laughs> picks and justin is the lone wolf with the titans oh <laughs> <laughs> all right well if we've got nothing else i guess we can briefly while we're on the afc side of things just real quick touch on the chiefs with the bye week the only team with the bye week. i i think we wait to talk about the chiefs until next week all right all right we can uh we can give a bye week to them too here we won't talk about them 
Yeah, everybody talks about the Chiefs all the time. Let's 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 let it be. You just really want to get to the NFC, don't you? So do I. Also so that. Let's let's do that. Let's but Justin, let's save our games for the end and let's talk yeah. about the Bears Saints first. The Chicago Bears are traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints, I believe, on Sunday afternoon. The Bears barely got into the playoffs because of the Cardinals' loss to the Rams. And I think the Bears' season comes to an end in New Orleans, and I would probably venture to say that's not a super controversial pick here. Yeah, that's I <laughs> I agree. I think the Bears are, are a fluke and a pretender right now. Mitch Trubisky is not that good. He's been playing – some people have been saying he's playing – you know, resurgence football, you know, coming back and being the pick that they thought he was going to be. And all I think it's doing is extending his contract for a little bit longer, you know, Blake Bortles style. The Saints do have a bit of a tendency to choke in the playoffs. Um, but oh, that's I, only to the Vikings. That's true. <laughs> um, but I don't think the Saints go out this week. I I I think the Bears are calling it. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. You know, um, like speaking of last year with the Vikings, how a lot of people had the Saints as a pick, you know, to make it to the Super Bowl, and the Vikings just came in and, you know, wrecked everyone. I think speaking back to my uh, playoff bracket from last year, uh, I had them going to the Super Bowl, and Vikings quickly uh, erased that plan for me. But I do think they pull out this year. I think as much as an upset it was last year, I don't think the Bears quite have that much quite have the same team as the Vikings did last year I think the, the uh, Saints win fairly easily but hey you know if Mitch Trubisky isn't doing too good maybe they bring in <laughs> Nick Foles as the uh, playoff starter maybe he can bring some uh, magic magic back to the team <laughs> dude what a story that would be if, if they bench Trubisky for whatever reason bring in Nick Foles and he he beats the Saints in the playoffs come on that'd be I mean, crazy I mean, it kind of makes sense, though. Nick Foles is an incredible situational quarterback. Oh, the pressure does not get to that guy. Like, the big moments, no. Mm -hmm. I think, and this is something where the Eagles felt it when they had to put in Josh McCowan at quarterback. Yeah. Here, what was that, last year? year? Yeah. Having that tried and tested, quote-unquote, backup, even though he's not supposed to be a backup necessarily, but I digress. Backup quarterback that should something happen, it is a make or break moment for a team in the playoffs. But I also, I, that's also a strength that should Drew Brees get re injured during the playoff game, that's something else that the Saints have right now. They have someone that has had that time at quarterback to whatever degree of success you want to claim or not claim, but in Taysom Hill or God forbid, Jameis Winston. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would like to give this opportunity to give my shout out, though, right now. Uh, if you guys remember back to the last time we had Kyle on the show, and we were talking fantasy football, and I told you my super sleeper wide receiver, uh, Darnell Mooney out of Tulane with the Bears. Uh, shout out to him. He set a new Bears rookie record for receptions in a season this year at 61. That was a record that had stood since the 1950s. Oh, wow. Uh, he oh. also balled out against Green Bay last week. I know the Bears as a team lost pretty handedly still. He had 11 catches, was targeted 13 times that led the team. Uh, as a rookie, that's big. 
that's really big. And from what I saw, Mitch Trubisky feels comfortable with him. He uses him as a safety blanket sometimes, even if he should or shouldn't. Uh, I'm not here to say that. I'm just here to say that Darnell Mooney has risen to the occasion as an NFL player in his first year out of college. Uh, and for anyone who doesn't know, the reason I'm talking so highly of this kid is because I covered him a little bit in college writing for Tulane. I know how talented he, how talented he is at receiver. And I'm just really happy to see him doing so well in the NFL. It's kind of sucks that he's on a team like Chicago that I think that uh, he's his overall success is going to be limited because of that. But as an individual, he had an excellent first year and I'm excited that, that he gets to play in a playoff game. Yeah. I was just looking at his stats here. It's that's impressive. That is super impressive. I called it way back when super sleeper uh, pick. You know who else knew that he was going to be good? So they game plan for him, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. They they held him to two receptions, so. Well, congrats. Didn't you still lose that game? I would like to take this time to announce my retirement. All right, fair enough. Well, I think we've uh, pretty unanimously going to pick New Orleans here. Uh, I guess yeah. it would be cool to see Chicago get the upset. I don't see it happening. Uh, I, I, I hope they don't get the upset. I don't think they deserve it. Oh, the Buccaneers fan actually wants the Saints to win a playoff game. That's impressive. That's We've talked about this before. There's the team you hate in your division, the team you're indifferent about, and the team you hate to respect. Um, I, I respect the Saints. I respect Drew Brees and everything he's accomplished. Fair enough. Um, I respect and fear Alvin Kamara. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kyle knows all the about Christmas Alvin Kamara. The Christmas King. <laughs> yeah, I... Would not like. I don't even want to talk about him. I have nightmares <laughs> about him. <laughs> oh, you see those red and green shoes flashing by. <laughs> Wake up in a sweat in the middle of the night. It, it happens. <gasps> Six touchdowns. Oh no. <laughs> oh, poor Kyle played him in fantasy. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on. Uh, Justin, I will save if you want to your bucks for last. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I was just, I'm at the bracket I'm looking at, you know, I've just been going down. Yeah. I, I'm just, I don't know. I was just kind of going in order of seeds here. So, uh, well, next we've got the LA Rams traveling to Seattle to take on my Seahawks in the wild card game. Uh, I will take this one first. I've got a lot to say about it. Uh, this was the one wild card team I didn't want. And I don't want them because I will be honest, I'm scared of them. I know we beat them a few weeks ago up in Seattle, like we'll be playing this weekend. I think they're mad now. I think they're mad. We won the division that day and took it from them. And the one thing we have going for us is Jared Goff. I don't know if he's going to play or not with his broken thumb, had surgery on it last week. Uh, I guess if he does play, he won't be 100%. And if he doesn't, they will go with backup John Wolford, who played against Arizona. Played pretty well, actually, through 22 completions for 221 yards. Led them to the win. Uh, I think this is going to be a good game. I'm Like I said, I'm nervous about it, and I'm mostly nervous for their offense versus our defense. Even if Jared Goff's out, they have some pretty good talent. On that side of the ball, Cooper Cup, uh, their third down guy that just makes things happen. He 
God, he tortured my team here in college at Montana State, and he's been torturing my NFL team ever since he went in. They're, they're a team that plays us tough no matter what. And around three in a year where you play a divisional opponent in the playoffs, anything can happen. It's two teams that know each other well. They don't like each other. Another game I expect to be really chippy. I, I, I am still going to pick Seattle. I think that an injured Jared Goff paired with our offense that I can hope get things rolling this week. If our offense plays up to its potential, uh, we should win with guys like DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson's running really well right now. Offense. I'm not as worried about as I am defense uh, for obvious reasons, but also Jamal Adams tweaked that shoulder injury again last week against the 49ers. I don't know what his status is. I think I read it's a game time decision with, and if you know Pete Carroll language, that means probably no. So I'm not so worried. Like I said, when we're on offense, it's when Seattle's on defense that I'm going to be biting my shirt and clenching my fists, but we'll see. I'm picking Seattle. I like us to win this game, but I think it's going to be closed and I might have another heart attack. So uh, with that, I will turn it over to one of you. I can take this one. Yeah. Uh, I, this is similar to the Titans Ravens game. I, flipped on this one a few times. I am going to go with the Seahawks as well. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. I know division rivals, especially playing them for the third time that year, it's always tough, and especially after they split this split during the regular season. Even, honestly, I think a lot of it, even though there's probably going to be no fans there in Seattle, I believe, I think a lot of it has to do with home field advantage, and I just put Seattle over the edge in my, in my pick. It's yeah, I get that close game, tough game, but I got to go with the Seahawks here. I like it. I like it. Um, Kind of like Kyle said, this is one that I flip on um, a lot due to what we've said before, the division rivalry, knowing each other, playing each other tough. I think a lot of the difference is going to be whether or not Jared Goff plays. If Goff plays, I think it can go either way pretty easily. Uh, we, I think we also need to see the Rams' uh, secondary step up and really – really bring their a game though and kind of the same thing on seattle's defensive side of the ball they're going to have to step it up i've said this all year though um at at the end of the day russell himself can't do it i am picking the seahawks i think uh the seahawks generally have a good track record going going through playoffs and as even though he is boy genius i think pete carroll is a better coach due to experience um so i'm picking the seahawks also because should the seahawks win and the buccaneers win we get the expansion buddy playoffs i would love to watch that game i will also hate to watch that game yeah it'll be something if our two teams end up meeting um i don't know but i I will say i think jared we need to say um or i think i we should talk about if our teams meet obviously we're gonna have the podcast that week but after, I don't know. It, I, I personally, I think if the Bucks lost to the Seahawks, I don't know that I could come on the podcast and talk about that with you. Would I need to find a fill-in expansion buddy that week? You might have to. I'd just find another Seahawks fan and we could rave about it. <laughs> That's not fair. No, I don't no. know any other Bucks fans. You just, listen here. You bring in a neutral party. All right. I, I, I don't you, know. You, well, I'm not bringing your bring a dolphins. On. I bring. Don't, I'm not bringing your brother on because I don't want to hear about the Packers getting the one seat again. 
<laughs> something something storied franchise. You know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, do you guys know there is a possibility we wouldn't play though? I think uh, because are they reseeding again? Like they always they normally do after the wild card, where like the one seed will get the lowest seed out of the first round. Um, I actually I don't. Know. So. Yeah, I think they are too. So there's, you know, in the in the real likely possibility actually that uh, you win, Justin, I win, and New Orleans wins. Actually, you would go play Green Bay, and we would play New Orleans just based on seeding. I'm actually okay with that. You're okay with going to Lambeau Field in the playoffs because, boy, I, I am not. <laughs> I would rather go play in Lambeau than go back to the freaking Saints. The Saints have had our number all year. Yeah, well, fair enough. Uh, Lambeau is my house of horrors, so and you the can... Saints is mine. Yeah, well, fair enough. So there is a possibility we wouldn't play next week, but there is a possibility we might. Uh, like Justin said, if that happens, we're going to have a very interesting podcast following that. We'll, we'll, something will out of the ordinary will happen, I'm sure. Uh, if it does happen, we have to make a bet, I feel like. You know, we yeah. have to oh, put absolutely. something on the line, of course. Yeah, so with that, I guess, let's uh, talk about your team versus the Washington football team. Justin, uh, take it away. Oh, thank you. All right, let me pull up my PowerPoint for you guys. <laughs> Right, oh boy! It should be. Sh- I'm just kidding. I don't have a PowerPoint. Um, this game scares me a little bit, just because I feel like Washington is a since they've been kind of all over the place this season. I feel like they're a bit of an unknown quantity. Um, I I do think we're coming away with the win. Um, Alex Smith, as much as I like him and I love him, he has been in and out this season between being basically starting off the season as a third string coming in, getting his feet back under him, um, getting taken out due to injury and then having to come in. And we, I, I, if you've noticed every time he comes in, he kind of has to get reacclimated. You know, this past week he played some of his worst football. I think that I've seen him play this season and he turned, what was it like two interceptions from the football team um, into like only three points Right now, uh, I do think the Bucks have really started to gel. We had that rough patch there for a little bit, but then I I feel kind of like after that Minnesota game, we just we we hit our stride after that bye week. Um, we started firing on all cylinders, and I hate to even say it because I still don't like the fact that Antonio Brown's on the team. But I do think he was a good pickup. I I hate to say it. Please don't, God, please forgive me for what I'm about to say. <laughs> But with with Mike Evans suffering uh, his injury this past week, uh, I don't know for sure yet. I don't think it's been announced whether or not he will for sure be playing. Antonio Brown played quite well last week um, and this like last little stretch of the season. So it is kind of nice to have that safety blanket, so to speak, of another star caliber receiver. Also, this is where I'm going to give my shout out. Um, Mike Evans, this was his seventh season with at least 2,000 receiving yards. That is just crazy, considering the quarterbacks that he has had to work with in the past, including but not limited to Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Josh McCown. Um, But I think right now our offense is doing great things. We've got Tom Brady, who, as I've said before, for those of you saying he hates the long ball, he can't do the long ball. You know who threw some of the longest balls this year? 
Tom Brady. Sorry, I, I just, God, if if he had been on any other team, I would have been the one saying those things. So I feel kind of like crappy doing that, but I digress. I'm not going to feel that crappy. He's on my team. <laughs> As if you needed to rub it into the Patriots fan one more time. I, I Kyle, I, I apologize. Um, well, I'm not trying to rub it yeah, into you, but, but I totally understand the hype now. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah um, enjoy it while you can. It's, it's nice I know. To have team, I, admit it. I, I think it's going to be fairly short-lived. But we've got Tom Brady, who's playing quite well. Um, we've got Mike Evans, should he be able to play. Um, our receiving court continues to be good with Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, um, Scotty Miller. We have our, our, our good little group of tight ends with Gronk and Cameron Braid and OJ Howard. You know, I think right now we're fairly set for success. I think the weakest part of our offense is our, is our O-line. But Ronald Jones for our run game has been kind of having a breakout year right now. I think he gets underappreciated by a lot of football media because, because one, he's on the Bucks and we've got Tom Brady and he's the one that gets all the looks and attention. And because this year for, for rushing attacks, I mean, my Lord, we have had some crazy good uh, running backs just popping off this season. <laughs> And I could go on about the Buccaneers. I think I need to curtail myself and shorten this down. I'm picking the Bucs to win. I, I respect Washington. I like Alex Smith, but I ultimately think the Buccaneers are the better team. Yeah, I mean, as much as I do like Washington's story, mainly, you know, what Alex Smith has gone through in the past, not only this season, but you know, since his injury, all the recovery he's gone through and all that. I mean, I do think Tampa's going to win it. I think they have too much talent. Is just too good a team to go in and lose to uh, a seven and nine team. I will say, I mean, when you look at Tom Brady, I some of the games he has struggled in in the past. They a lot of teams like the Giants that they lost to in the Super Bowl twice, of course. Um, they had good D lines that could get pressure on them without having to blitz or anything. So I think that is one way you can be successful against Tom Brady if you can get a, have a good D line that can create enough pressure on their own and still have, you know, enough people back in coverage. But I still think I don't see how Tom Brady can go into the playoffs and lose to a seven and nineteen, no matter even if it's a away game. I just don't think I just don't see it possible for him to go in there and let that happen. So I gotta go with uh, Tampa Bay here. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bucks too. Uh, I think of all six games this weekend, this will be the game that features the best coaching talent combined. Uh, I think Bruce Arians versus Ron Rivera is an excellent coaching matchup. You've got two, you know, blue collar guys. Uh, obviously what Ron Rivera has been through off the field this season, uh, you know, he's just, it's just, like I said, the coaching matchup is stellar uh, talent wise on paper, Tampa Bay should run away with this. And I'm not trying to dog guys like Alex Smith or, Chase Young, you know, excellent, excellent defender on a pretty underrated defense. Or Terry McLaurin, great wide receiver for Washington. But Oh, absolutely. You know, if, if Tampa Bay do what they're capable of doing on paper, you guys are gonna win this game easily, I think. I hope so. And I I I feel like I've I've been the first to sing Washington's praises all year long. And so I feel like I do understand I, I, I hope I am showing the proper respect. And not just be like, oh, we're going to win. 
but I, I, I think you put it well there, Jared. If we play up to our potential and do what we're supposed to, we will win. Yeah, and that's the trick. Um, you know, these teams that have made the postseason with losing records before, though, they have a pretty good track record in the in the first game. So I don't think that your coach is going to let that overlooking happen. I don't see Bruce Arians. I feel like every day at practice this week, he's going to be driving home the idea that, hey, if you don't respect this team, you're going to be the ones that won't be playing next weekend. I think so. so. Um, and another thing to look at from Arians' side is, you know, one of the last post-season games he coached in with the Cardinals you know, they had like a third string backup quarterback. Um, and I think he has some respect for crap can go sideways in a real hurry hurry. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think, I think that, I don't think this game is going to be a blowout. Like I said, because what I, what I just said about your team, I will say this about Washington. Uh, they are the underdog with nothing to lose here. True. You know, no one expects them to advance past this weekend and don't think that Ron Rivera is not preaching uh, that to them this week. So I think what it's going to culminate in is a, is a pretty good game. Also, I think this could be at the end of the day, like a 10, 14 point victory for Tampa Bay. That's kind of what I see it going down as, you know, I, I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if Washington keeps it closer or if they even pull off the upset, I guess I wouldn't be shocked necessarily. Oh, one thing I did forget to talk about that um, I think we should mention for this game is last I checked, um, and I could have missed some new information, but because of COVID protocol, we are currently without both Devin White and Shaquille Barrett, who are some of our star defensive players. And I do think that is something that could absolutely hurt us this next week. Definitely. That, yeah, it's uh, oof, it's. I'm just excited, guys. The playoffs are here. I'm super excited. I know. Me too. So I know we need to wrap up here pretty quick, but there's been a question I have been waiting to ask Kyle all day. <laughs> Let's okay. Let's okay. do it. Um, and Kyle, I I had to remember that you are my friend and I respect you, and so I'm going to instead of being a mean person and a big butt face, I'm going to ask you this. After the year of separation, which side do you think will be better off in the long term, Belichick or Brady? Well, I will admit at the uh, beginning, before the season started, I mean, I figured the Buccaneers with Brady were going to make the playoffs. I will admit I thought the Patriots would do a little bit better this year. Maybe not win the division, but at least be one of those wild card teams. Obviously, that did not happen. If you look at the future stuff, or the future prediction on which one, I mean, I still have all the respect for Belichick. Obviously, this year, not his best year work. I don't know. I don't have any more years Brady has. I predict he'll do one more year and then retire, depending on, you know, playoff and disaster Super Bowl wins or if he makes it that far. I still see Belichick coaching for another five years, five, ten years at least. I still am more than tickled to have him in New England and I hope he stays in New England. Obviously, our team, I don't think Cam Newton is the answer. I think we need to address quarterback needs. But you also look at the defense. We had the most, not just on defense, but had the most players opt out of the season because of COVID. So, like Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, some of the starters and, you know, really good players 
So I think that did have something to do with it. In the end, Tom Brady obviously had a lot more successful year than Belichick and the Patriots did, but I'll still stick with the Patriots. I still trust in Bill and uh, whatever his ideas and schemes are. Obviously, didn't work out this year, but ready to start fresh again next year. I just had a great idea for some Expansion Buddies merch. We should get some shirts made where it's a silhouette of Bill Belichick's head or maybe his upper torso with his famous hoodie on and his headset that just says, believe in Bill. Kyle Mitchell, 2021. <laughs> I, I, I would buy it. <laughs> I, I, um, I'm copywriting that idea. No one steal it. <laughs> All right. I'm sure none of our five listeners will. Kyle, don't steal it. <laughs> no, no guarantee. All right, guys. Well, uh, we are out of time. We're actually over time, as I figured we would be talking about the NFL, our bread and butter. Uh, playoffs could get us going for a while. But, Kyle, thanks a lot for joining us, man, to talk about the playoffs. I know it must have been kind of tough that you're not in them for the first time in a while, but we still appreciate you joining us. Actually, before before we yeah, cut no. off, I did. I had. Oh, sorry, Kyle. I actually had another question for you. Um, okay. About what Jared just said, not having a team in the playoffs. Do you feel like you're going to be able to enjoy the playoffs more or less without the Patriots being in them? I do think it'll be a lot less stressful. I think just watching it this year. I mean, I. It is kind of exciting to see some different teams in it. Um, you know, like the Bills, the Browns, you know, those type of teams in there. I do enjoy that just as a fan to see some different uh, different teams in there. Obviously, I would way rather watch Patriots, you know, try to make another Super Bowl and win another one. But as a fan, it is what it is. And, you know, just want to enjoy the playoffs and the teams and see what happens. Fair. Thank yeah. you. Sorry, J- sorry to cut you out there, Jared. Go oh, ahead. you're good. I, I totally agree. It is going to be a lot less stressful for you, man. Uh, <laughs> I can attest to that. So anyway, that's about all for us. Thank you all for listening wherever you've been listening, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcast. I guess that is iTunes, Google Podcasts. That's the one. We appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. We'll publish for you every Thursday like we have been. Uh, check us out on Twitter at the expansion BU1. We'll be putting a lot of content out now that the playoffs are here up there. So check us out wherever you can. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And never forget. Artie Lake is 1976.